Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Life feels perfect, other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing, we can turn our hearts through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable, hope can live or die So speak life, speak life, to the dead and Uh, 
different things, but it's definitely good to be back on. It, it is spring break uh, here in Northern Virginia, so um, hopefully we still have a bunch of educators on, and I think that we will. Um, I believe we actually have our special guest in queue, Tammy. So since I was you, I'm going to go ahead and pull her in. Oh, she's on now? Okay. I, Is that think, I think so. Let's see. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, Min- Hi, Mindy. <laughs> Hi. How uh, is everybody? You so soon. <laughs> I didn't know when the event was going to end, so to be to be on the safe side, I wanted to give you a heads up. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. So glad to have you this evening. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> it's, it's been... Uh, it's. <laughs> Busy, busy, busy. Been one of those days, huh? Yes. It's going to be one of those weeks, and then we have our vacation. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Tim, I'm going to turn it back over to you so that you can uh, finish going through the introduction and all of the housekeeping things uh, before we get started. Okay, well, I stand corrected. Mindy, welcome, and thank you for, for making it work a little bit sooner. So thank you. You're quite welcome. All right, well, for you all, um, let's just take all that back that I just said. Our special guest is uh, on. <laughs> we not have to wait, but again, if you have something that you want that's on your mind and you want to, to express, please do selection number one, um, and we will pull you into queue by identifying you with the area code that you're calling from and the last four digits, again, of the number that you're calling from tonight. Our chat line is open as well for those of you who wish to um, submit your questions or comments by chat. You do have to be a registered follower in order to do that. You can do that right online uh, under the Butterfly Evolution site, select follow, and it will prompt you through. You can register using your Facebook account, which is pretty easy, simple, uh, nothing to it. Or, and of course, that tells us who you are. So if you'd rather not do it that way, you can create a, a login name and your own password, and you can log in as Gundo or, or whomever you like. So you can do that that way. And go ahead and do that because it allows you to keep up with us. It allows you, when you want to, to just listen and comment through the chat line. So if you have not had a chance to do that, please take the time to do so. I um, want to remind you guys of our trash can baby. We ask that all of our listeners, even for those who have, have gone through this process or this exercise, whatever you want to call it, we ask that you continue to move things because it is helpful in reminding you or to keep your mind afresh about thinking of, of how, how often our mind or how our mind keeps, us, keeps up with the most insignificant things. So what we ask our listeners to do is move your trash can, preferably one that you visit frequently, and in doing so, what you will hopefully realize if you're normal like us is that you return back to its old location. When returning, allow this, just for a moment, allow yourself to think about the things that we just return to or we do out of habit. So allow yourself, again, to go there and start to really think about the things you do, the things you think about. Uh, the people that you allow in your, in your life and why and things you're putting up with, it's so important to really give some thought to that um, and kind of dissect to see why, to understand why. So continue to move things 
around your house. And if you have family members, especially our children, if you can start to do this, the sooner the better. And create conversation. We do not enough of that these days. We don't have enough conversation, one-on-one conversation. I'm just amazed at the, the number of texts I get where it could be a quick conversation and it'd be so much better said in a conversation, exchanging words, not text. So some things quick and easy for sure, but some things people just need to pick up the phone and call. Or write a letter. I'd rather you write a letter than text me for some things. So do that for us and um, tell us how it's going for you. Keep a chat on the refrigerator and keep a number of how many people or who's winning when they're returning to the cash stand. You know, keep a number, log, and see who's doing it the most and reward the person who is winning. So Butterfly Evolution is we're about change. We're about transformation. We're about self-awareness, uh, understanding yourself in order to move forward and have it's the life that you so deserve and you so want. So, with that being said, I'm going to turn it back over to you, Rodney, um, and I'll just kind of follow your your flow, yours and Mindy's flow for tonight's show because you are the educators, and uh, I just kind of want to get back off of where you guys want to go with it. Sounds good. We are all educators. Uh, <laughs> In our own ways. Absolutely, uh, Mindy. Why don't, why don't we start off? Uh, you you were at an event tonight. Uh, let us know what that was all about and some of the other things that you have going on. Uh, but before you do that, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, as everyone knows by now, my name is Mindy Rozier, and I am a, a special ed teacher in Harlem, and I've been a teacher overall um, almost eighteen years. And um, for pretty much most of my teaching career, um, I really wouldn't speak up. I really wouldn't say anything. I would do what what many teachers would do, would just complain amongst each other. And that really didn't do anything except cause more people to complain about things that they see going on. Um, What got me active, what got me into reading almost anything I can and active on social media was that um, my special ed school is co-located with Success Academy, which is like the biggest um, charter chain in New York City. And when we first when we first started co-locating with them about eight and a half years ago, everything was fine. But then over the years, we would lo- we had lost our music room, an art room, a science room, our technology room, classrooms, um, and last year, about actually it was more like September 2013. Coming back from our summer vacation, we found out that there was going to be a new plan where they would essentially be taking even more classrooms from us: our OTPT room, our speech room, and our safe room. And this would have essentially closed our school. And basically that was that was it for me. I, I just couldn't keep quiet anymore. And I started becoming active. I, I met some wonderful people in different advocacy, advocacy groups. They basically gave me a crash course in organizing and what I need to do, who I need to contact. And um, pretty much now I show up at what I can. You know, I, either it's for things that affect me personally or things that doesn't affect me personally, but I know it affects others. You know, I'm here to support 
you know, my public school brothers and sisters, I'm here to fight for our students. I'm here in, to, to fight for my union brothers and sisters. I'm pretty much everywhere. <laughs> Um, the event I was at this evening, um, I was asked to host an organizing event for um, Senator through um, excuse me MoveOn.org because Senator Warren was coming to um, at Barnes and Noble at Union Square this evening, and there was, she had, her book was just came out in paperback, and um, so basically they wanted to have a presence there for, to encourage her to run for president because quite honestly the pickings out there. They're not looking too good, you know, especially for public education. None of them seem to be a true friend for that. And um, and it was really good. You know, we, we, we got a large crowd wearing the, the Run Warren one Run shirts. Um, we posted pictures, and, you know, if anyone wants to look on Twitter, the hashtag Run Warren Run or hashtag Run Liz Run, um, you know, feel free to retweet. But um, so it wasn't really an education event tonight, but it's a bigger picture issue. Now, this past Saturday, we had an amazing rally. Um, we had about 5,000 plus people at a rally across the street from Governor Cuomo's um, office, and um, it was speaker after speaker, and it was like the, to protect our schools because basically Cuomo's plan. In a nutshell, it's to destroy public schools to break up unions, and he's in the pockets of all the one percenters right now doing their bidding. And at the time, the budget wasn't in. And um, so basically we wanted to stop the raising of the charter cap. We wanted our schools to be funded. We didn't want our schools to, those schools that are struggling, to be turned into receivership schools. Um, just so many things with the budget. And the biggest issue, which is, you know, I guess my my bread and butter mostly, is the evaluations. He wanted to tie 50% of our students' test scores into our evaluations. Then 35% of the evaluation on an outside observer and only 15% by our own administration. Um, as a general ed teacher, that's horrible. But as a special ed teacher, where our students are in special education for a reason, our students don't do well on the tests. So me, by me teaching the city's most vulnerable children, I'm taking a chance of having a poor evaluation. And if I have two poor evaluations, I could be fired. And that obviously that didn't sit well with me or any other teacher. And it's horrible because ultimately our students would suffer because who's going to want to go into special education knowing they could be fired for it? Um, as of last night, the budget was I, – I, I don't know the update, but as of last night, the budget was supposed to have been settled. And um, I know it wasn't looking good, that basically our evaluations was going to be decided by the um, the regions. But – Essentially, they're no better because they're in Cuomo's pocket, a good majority of them. So, and, the, and tenure and receivership, all those things are, you know, back in back in place. So the budget may be in before April 1st, but we still have a long road to go. 
But at least with the rally that we had, we had parents, we had teachers, we had clergy. We had it was two hours packed, you know, of people standing up for their schools, their students, you know, their teachers. And it was incredible. It was a, such a show of unity in the freezing cold weather. And it started snowing at one point. But oh, wow. they're... Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, I I had posted lots of pictures. If any of the listeners of you are on Twitter, um, my handle's Mindy Rozier, and I had posted tons of pictures. Sea of people holding signs, standing together. We had teachers come from uh, from up like from the Albany area, from different different up, upper New York and Long and Long Island, all over to come together. And since this budget. You know, we're not happy with the fight continues. And if it's not one thing, it's going to be something else, and it's going to be something else. And that's why I'm also in more involved with what's going on with, uh, the, you know, the presidential elections, because that's bigger picture. But if we someone gets in that's pro-charter, anti-public school, and it's already a virus across the United States about what's going on to our public schools. We can basically kiss it goodbye. And I'm going to do the hardest I can not to let that happen. Mindy, this is Rodney. Um, I, have a, uh, I have a question for you. Sure. Why, why do you think there's such a huge gap between politics and education? It's, 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 everything is not for the right reasons. I think politicians, you know, they claim to be interested in education because, you know, I think it's what they think they should do, but they don't educate themselves properly and they run with the little information that they have. Like one little media person will say schools are failing and then it spreads that all the schools are failing you know, and it's, but then it also goes back to money interests, you know, because a lot of the politicians, I mean, just look at Jeb Bush. I mean, he had his own charter. He's, you know, he was on the board of different charters. You know, it, it's it's like the cool in thing to do to be on a board. And they're, um, I can't say all, but it's like a lot of them, they're anti-union. And it's, and that's why it really seems like this widespread destruction of public schools. It's almost like it's a plan, you know, pro-privatization, bust up the unions, make it nice and, you know, nice and neat for the rich, those that have the money. And if you're not like them and you don't support them, then we're in trouble. And being middle class or, or anyone below, we're all suffering and you know i there's there's you know the few politicians that I stand behind, like Senator Warren, you know I mean they bring a ray of hope, and it's just a matter of why can't there be more people like them that understand that listen? I mean, poverty is a huge issue across the United States. Why do we all know this, but it's ignored by the people that can actually do something about it to help. It's it's beyond me. Do you do you think um, I'm going to ask this question and then I'm going to kind of explain where 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 I'm coming from with the question? Sure. Do, do you think that 
it's all a part of a game. And the the reason why I ask that question is because you think about the attack that, that, that teachers have been under for uh, quite some time now. Um, it has never been as bad as it is now where teachers are, are, are catching fire and, and being blamed and, uh, you know, now we have the evaluation that's connected to testing and, and other things that you don't have so much control over. But but here's the thing. Let's say, let's say, I don't know, 80% of, because if the schools are failing, you know, those are the reports that continue to be put out, that schools are failing, children are failing. So if those things are true and, you know, it's this whole thing that, you know, we can we can be fired based on evaluation connected to testing, it's nearly impossible because you can't get rid of every single teacher. You can't get rid of 85% of the teachers. So is it more of a scare tactic? Is is it more of a game than it is actually, you know, well, teachers aren't doing their jobs or, you know, let let's blame the teachers because you know, we 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 constantly hear these things and we constantly see the bad reports and you know and I know that mm-hmm. what goes on is never portrayed in the media, what what, right. what what we see every day, what we live every day, is never televised. It's never on the radio. It's nope. always something that somebody made up, or uh, you know, like you said, uh, just a little tidbit of something, and then somebody took it and, and ran with it because the media has that kind of power only because we continue to give it to them. But do you do you see this all as a game? It's, I I would say yes. It's it's and it's all very you know befuddling to me. Like what you were just saying with the media. Like I said, over five thousand people of parents, teachers, and I forgot to mention before, and elected officials. And let's see, we had all the CBS radio, WBAI, and I think like two online papers. You know. That's the coverage. There was no mass media there. There were no, you know, big publications or anything that was there. And that's something that should have been televised. Now, if it was a charter school that had a 5,000-person-plus rally, you'd have them all there. And it's, I mean, what they're saying with the evaluations that we're saying that we could be fired, it's they're basically saying too ineffective then they would start the the 3020A process, which is you know getting the ball rolling to have the ball and rolling to be have you terminated. Excuse me. And to me, it just seems what they have planned for New York is opening a can of lawsuits. Because do I deserve to be fired because I have children with special needs? Does that mean I'm a bad teacher because? They can barely read because of their disabilities and they can't pass a fourth grade test. No, maybe they need to look at things differently. And what I always try to put out there is that teachers are blamed for everything. Um, what's going on in the school, the students doing the homework, not homework, the test, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what people don't understand, we don't have 
full autonomy of everything that we're doing. We're do, we're, we do what's passed down to us. We use the materials, the books, the curriculum, the standards, et cetera, et cetera, that's passed down to us. So it's, you know, so it's the administration in our school. And then you just keep going higher and higher. Teachers are on the bottom of the education totem pole. So if there's a problem with what's going on in that school, in the city, or anything that has to do with education, you have to look at the people above us that are telling us what to do. And they're not. You know, I mean, it's like, it, I mean, it can go right all the way up to, you know, Obama because of Duncan. You know, why aren't people pointing more fingers towards them when they're the ones that approve the Common Core and the standardized testing and everything else that we have to do? And it's and it's like they think nothing of threatening the teachers. We don't have families. We don't have, you know, bills to pay and, you know, be able to support ourselves and Basically, they're playing. They are playing games with our with our livelihoods because we're dedicated to our field. We're dedicated to our to our students, but we have to be able to survive as well. And these scare tactics is not fun at all. Not knowing what's going on, what's going to happen. I mean, I have teachers. You know, I mean, this morning I had several teachers coming up to me. What's going on? Do I need to start thinking of another career? You know, because she, because one of the teachers, she doesn't do teach ELA or math or science. She teaches theater, and they arbitrarily just, you know, attach her to. I, I'm not sure which one it is, but they just, you know, attach her to a class that's taking a certain test. So even, you know, she's not doing ELA or math. She's getting judged as a teacher based on a test she's not even doing, and. It's not right, it's not fair, and it's like people who need to be listening aren't. And it's it's really a messed up game because ultimately the students will suffer, you know. You don't have the good teachers, the students will suffer. If you have scared teachers, they're you know, the children are gonna suffer. If they don't have teachers that stand up for them, it's you know, who's gonna teach them? Who's gonna be there? And it's and I don't understand why the powers that be, as I call them, understand that. And that's why, to me, it seems like there's a much bigger picture going on. It's the ultimate destruction of public schools. You know, it's like they want New Orleans everywhere. You know, I'm, and it's <laughs> go ahead. I'm gonna read this. I'm gonna read the comment from Facebook, and then Tammy, I want you to jump in here because I know I, I know you have something, uh, Tammy. Um, but it says, what is going on now in some classrooms is not working. Our government needs to sit for a week in these classrooms and observe what is really going on to see that their method of a functional system is actually a broken system that needs a lot of work. And that came from someone um, on Facebook. Tammy. Well, I want to go back a little bit. Um, the budget, I want to start there. With cutting budgets, and I, as, as I hear you all talk about that, now think about the administrative level of, of our education system. It seems that, um, it's, I hate to bring the religion part in it, but it's kind of like a church thing where you have members saying, we can never reach our, our pastor, we, we can't get in for, for anything. The same to me goes with the education system. However, while budgets are being cut, 
school-wide, internally, when I mean like in the school, we have an administrative person um, from the administrative level who has an assistant and an assistant to the assistant um, and someone to run copies and someone to drop them off. And I, I'm just saying that I'm you know, putting a little bit more to it. But on that level, it doesn't seem to be budget cuts. So I want to know, in your opinion, where do you feel the money, why the budget cut within the school, where do you think the money is going after the cut? And then the second thing I want to address is your question, Rodney, about is there um, an ulterior motive, so to speak. I think there is. With, with test scores of our males, um, prisons being built based on that. I don't think that we, we talk about that, but we don't really think about what's taking place to make that happen. Because if it's not true, it certainly seems that things are being put into place because our society feels like we're going to need more prisons in schools. You know, and so I want to get, I want to get to that part of it. I want to talk about the parents, responsibility. I want to talk about, because just as we have bad parents, we have some teachers that have truly given up. You guys are not the norm. Thankful that you have 5,000 people out there, but I, I talk to kids as well, and they are running to teachers who have given up, parents who have given up. And so... I, I want to get back to that part of it too. So I know I put a lot out there. Take it as you see fit, but I want to talk about those things. Uh, Mindy, I'll let you go first, and, and then I'll okay, and sure. then I'll offer my two cents. Um, our schools have been underfunded for a long time, and um, the only good thing with the budget that just came in is that our schools will get the, the mo- get the money that they are owed. But we were owed over two billion dollars, and um, my school alone was owed by the state over eight hundred thousand. And um, in New York, um, they created a website so this way parents had the power to look exactly to see how much their schools are owed, and. It's it's they t- teachers are shocked, parents were shocked, because teachers for the most part, and this probably goes the, sa- the same thing everywhere. We spend money out of our own pockets, you know. To if you're in a classroom to give to give supplies, you know, basic things, and then textbooks or other things. And in New York, we only get you know, I should say New York City, we get seventy seven dollars a year, you know, teachers' choice. And I know teachers that can spend upwards $2,000 because they want because they want to have in their classroom what is needed, and it's it's really it's the, the inequities are very glaring because if you go to a school on the Upper West Side where they have a strong PTA and it's a strong affluent area, the schools are pristine. They have new computers, new classrooms, you name it. It's beautiful. But then, you know, come over in my neck of the woods in Harlem, and it's it's night and day, and it's wrong. And just because our school and our students live in a low-income area doesn't mean that they're they're not worthy of a computer from the last five years to use that works. I mean, it's... 
I mean, students shouldn't have to be use textbooks that are that are ripped up and you know old and has old information in it. It's it's been very disheartening. You know, I learned a lot this year of what of, with with the budget. You know, because far too long, like I said, I had no idea of these things. I thought things just are things just get done, and seeing that they haven't been, you know, and how it's so rampant, and even in Upper New York, where you know counties, same thing. They're poor districts, and their schools are in bad condition. I mean, if if students are already coming into school. You know, if they're living in a homeless shelter or whatever their stories are, they're already bringing something into school. But then going into a school that's broken down as well, you know, and it's and then you know you don't have the proper materials and everything for the for the teachers, and then you throw everything else that we have to do onto them. It's like they're setting schools up for failure. You starve them. You see that they're failing, and then you can, you know, basically get them out for a charter. Yeah. So, you guys, what's the difference with this? What would be the major difference with the charter and the public schools? Is that just kind of more more way of getting more funding? I guess help help us, because I know I'm I'm not so clear on that either. Like, what would be that the major difference versus the charter and the public schools? I'm actually. Go ahead, go ahead, Mindy. I'll, I'll let you respond, and then I'll, and then I'll, I'll keep it brief. I, I see it this way: they're double dipping. They say that they're public, but they get they get money from the state, and they also get it from private donations. So they get money two ways. But and the, you know, and as much as they can say public, public all over the place, they have a different set of rules. So they can basically do what they want in their schools. I mean, at the charter in our school, let's just say you go up to the third floor, which I'm not allowed to go into, none of us are allowed to, but I've seen pictures. You would never believe going up on the third floor that they're in the same building as us because they had all that money to fix it up. I mean, they have a karate room, a dance room, and a block room. And meanwhile, our art teacher has to wheel a cart around, and if he's on the second floor, he can only gather whatever he needs and go up the stairs. I mean, it's it's very obvious the difference. I mean, my building is prime example of the have and have-nots. My school is definitely the have-not. I... Um, uh... I had a chance to uh most of most of my teaching experience has been in the public school but for for uh for a period of time I did have an opportunity to work in a in a charter school and and what I saw is this um, a charter school granted not all charter schools are are good because they get they get closed down too um but Charter schools. If you go, if you go into one, if you have a chance to work in one, if you're a student uh, who's attending one, it actually looks like the way that a school should be operated. Now, going back to Mindy's point, you don't have that flexibility in a public school because public schools are regulated by the state by the locals, by the federal government, uh, far more than charter schools are. So that that's probably the biggest difference. Charter schools, uh, if you go, again, if you go into one, 
you, you can you can tell a big difference, and you're like, oh wow, like this is the way school should be. Now, granted, it's not perfect, but you can definitely see a huge difference. Um, and as far as the money goes, they get money. They get the same money that the public schools get, uh, but they're allowed to get money from from other sources as well. So you have more money flowing in a charter school that's not regulated, whereas in a public school, anything that comes in to that school or that school system is regulated. Whereas in a charter school, if let's say I, let's say I have a charter school, and let's say uh, let's say Michael Jordan decides to write me a check for ten million dollars for my charter school, then that that's up to me what I choose to do with that money. However, if you're at a public school and Michael Jordan decides to uh, to write you a check for ten million dollars, that money is regulated by the division, by the state. Everyone, you you don't get to decide what to do with that money. We saw an example of that here uh, a few years ago. Um, one of the principals in in, in uh, my school district here went on the Ellen DeGeneres show to get new uniforms uh, for the kids because she was trying to start something at her school. And Ellen DeGeneres gave her $50,000. Guess what? That principal doesn't make those decisions. Now, granted, that's what the money was for, and I think that they ended up using it for that. However, it had nothing to do with that principal. It was just a great opportunity for the school. If you let it, uh, going back to Michael Jordan, let's say Michael Jordan graduated from my from my public school, and he decides, oh, coach, I want to buy you a new gym. The the school the school the school division can say, no, 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 no. Michael Jordan is not. You can't do that because. Uh, because uh, we need a, we, we need a better football field for the football team, so it, it's a, it, it's regulated. Whereas in a charter school, if somebody cuts you a check, and you're the leader of that charter school, you can you can allocate that money however you want to. So when you go into a charter school, you you see a huge huge difference. Because I taught at a charter school in Harlem last year, and I was like, oh my goodness, you know. Yeah. I mean, you don't have you don't have uh, now you do have to give up some things as well because if you're a public school teacher then there's a pension mm-hmm. there's job stability because of the union in charter school you have no protection there is no union um, in fact in my contract it said that they could fire me whenever they got ready and they didn't really they didn't even have to give me a reason. If I if if I have a continuing contract or if I have tenure with the public school, you can't do that. You owe me due process. Um, and then also, you know, there there's the pension factor. In the charter school, there was no pension. All you had was a uh, all we had was a 401k. Uh, there there was nothing additional. So you had to you know, it, it's either going to be one or the other. And the teachers down in North Carolina kind of saw that last year. Um, where North Carolina, if you look at the the pay scale, yes, their cost of living is low, but even compared to their cost of living, North Carolina's uh, their teachers are some of the lowest paid in the whole country. They're like in the the bottom five. Like their teachers don't get paid anything. So 
after, you know, listening to the teachers and um, other people, you know, complain, the state said, okay, but we'll give you an 11% raise. But that didn't come without a price. It was you have to hand over all your rights. So we'll give you an 11% raise, but you no longer have tenure, and you and you have to go back to, to step one. You don't get to wow. stay in the same step. So politics is controlling our school to the point where it's ruining our school. Exactly. And regardless of whether it's public, charter, private, kids should be getting educated about math, science, social studies, English. They should also be getting educated about life, fine arts, physical education, and the the government, the politicians, the lawmakers need to stop this attack on teachers. They need to stop creating all of these policies. And really, the policies are for the public schools, to be honest with you. Because, again, charter schools have more leeway. But the politicians, the lawmakers, won't send their kids to public school. They'll have all of these rules and, and, and talk, and you see them on TV, they say all of these great things. But if, but if your laws, if your policies are so great, why is it that you send your child somewhere else? That's just like saying that this daycare over here has the best staff. But no, I'm not going to send my child to that daycare. I'm going to send them over here where I know that the facility isn't safe, the facility isn't well. No, no, no. They, they don't do that. If you're a parent and you're trying to sign your child up to play football, you're gonna, if you have the option, you're going to put your child on the good team. But that's not what our politicians do. What, if anything, can... Do you feel that anyone has the capability to change this? And I, I want to take it towards parents. Do you feel that if, if it were enough parents who were involved in their child's education and their children's education to the point that we should be as parents, do you feel it would be different? I honestly would think it would make a difference. Because one thing I do have to say about the charter schools, and this is, you know, not in any particular, but just an observation that I've made, there, there is more parental involvement that I've seen in my neighborhood, you know, in the charters than there are in our public schools. And I know part of that is that the parents are forced to. I mean, they basically sign, I mean, at least with success again, I mean, they basically sign like a handbook, which is a contract, which basically says you have to do this, 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 and that. But there's there's more parental involvement there. And if we had more parents speaking up and being there, et cetera, et cetera, I think, I think it would be a difference. I mean, these are their children. They have a right to be involved in any way they can in their child's education. Okay. Tammy, this is Rodney, and, and, and the problem is the public, the, not only the parents, but the public as a whole has no idea what's happening in our school. 
because the public knew and the public would get hyped up like we do for Scandal, like we do for Empire, like we do for March Madness, like we do for the Super Bowl. If we Mm -hmm. found out and had the same energy, we'd have better schools. We'd have a better educational system. We'd have education as a top priority in this country rather than sports, rather than politics, rather than entertainment. The reason why those things are valued more so than education is because people just don't know. And mm-hmm. Because if you if you tell people what really happened from seven to three or eight to four in any school across this country, people would look at you like you're crazy. It would it would take you some time to get people to believe the things that you're telling them, the things that we see every day. I had a student. Or those people don't really don't know them because well, I just I just gotta think that they have to know. It's just that they don't want you know, these kids are come going home to somebody. These people if they don't know it's because they don't care and don't want to know. I can't imagine not seeing a child come back to you every day and you have, you don't know. If you don't know you're not asking, you're not parenting and you don't want to know. Well, I, I I agree with that, Tim. I think I, I think I think some of them don't want to know, but I'm pretty sure that the that people have no idea what's going on in our schools. And I can tell you, I don't think I I don't think the politicians want to know. I don't I, I I don't think the people making the the policies. I don't think they want to know. You have, you have. Uh, administrators putting other people's children in situations that they would never put the, their children in. A, a, as a as a parent, you never want your child in a in a classroom where you thought the teacher was ineffective. You'd never do that to your child. And if you're an involved parent, you'd be up there. You'd be up at that school. However. You have principals who know that they have ineffective teachers because there are some, like any other profession. But instead of getting rid of those people when they have the opportunity, they let them stick around. Because you think of you think about it, the 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 richest people in our country. Profit more from keeping people ignorant than they do educating people. Because if you educate people, and you're and you're 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 rich or you're wealthy, if you educate people, people are going to make better decisions. But as long as you keep people ignorant, as long as you make sure that they don't have access to certain things. You make sure that they don't have the best facilities, they don't have brand new textbooks, they don't have the technology in their school. You keep them right where you want them. But what does that lead to? Prisons. 
What does that lead to? Going out and spending money that you don't have to buy things that you don't need, like buying some spinners to put on a car or going out and spending $500 on one outfit to go to a concert. So, again, going back to something I said a little while ago, I think it's all a game. I think it's all a game. We're going we're gonna to continue to hear that these people care because that's, that's, that's what they're supposed to do according to their position. I can't I can't run for for governor and tell you that I really don't care if your kid learns or not. I can't run for governor and tell you that you know what, if the teachers don't like it, they should find another job. I can't say that while I'm running for governor. It's all a trick. What do I do if I'm running for governor? I get a Yeah, our teachers deserve better. We need to respect our teachers. We need to give them this. They should be paid more. My grandmother wasn't educated. My my daddy was a bus driver. We hear all of these great things. But then if you talk to Mindy, if you talk to me, if you talk to other people in the street, you're like, what in the world are they talking about? Because that's not what we see on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Well, how do we get you all, how do, you, how do we... Then what? Then what is the solution then? Because if that's not what we're hearing on the front end, the lies or, or uh, slightly, I guess, uh, not true or, or added, you know, it's, I guess it's just uh, taking up a level to make us think or make the people think that it's not as bad as we think it is. Then what we sounds like we need is more teachers to stand up. As well, to, to say no, this is a lie. And it sounds like many. That's what you guys were were, were doing, and to have five thousand people out at one time about anything, especially anything to do with education, speaks volumes as to what is going on. Um, but how do we get more teachers to get involved and feel comfortable doing it, so so that they don't think that they will lose their job? I think besides more teachers needing to be active, there needs to be more parents because the media kind of twists things. Like when teachers are active, it's like, you know, they're whining about their pay. They're whining about their tenure because they're lazy. It backlashes on you, you know. So instead of thinking you're fighting the good fight, you know, you're basically being torn apart over it. I feel... Now parents would make more of an impact on what's going on in the public education. But as to how, I mean, I try the best I can with the teachers in my school and with and with the parents that I'm in contact with. But it's hard to get past that. Let's, you know, let's just say you're looking at the media. With anything, you follow the money. Who owns the media? I mean... When not that long after Governor Cuomo, you know, came out with what he planned for his budget in January, and I immediately saw what it what was looked like for special education and how this would essentially destroy public, uh, special education, and I wrote an an op-ed on it, and um, it, it was called Governor Cuomo declares war on special education. I got lots of great feedback on it. But the major publications 
would not touch it. You know, it's, oh, this is good, but this isn't, but this isn't really what we're looking for. It's not our thing or something. And meanwhile, they put, they, you know, they publish similar things in it, not specifically on special education, but, you know, information about what's happening in education. It's like, okay, it's not a common core piece, but it's something very important. And um, it wound up like two minutes, excuse me, two months later on um, Crooks and Liars. They picked up the article. And I didn't check the numbers the last few days, but I think it had around 3,500 shares. And that's not including people who just read it. And it's... And I think it's just that teachers need to plug in wherever they can, even if it's on a small blog, you know, or a small publication. Keep writing into the media, et cetera, et cetera, because the stories have to come out. And I, it's slowly but surely, you know, more people, I believe, are realizing what's going on. I mean, the the amount of parent involvement now in general is a lot more than it was last year and the year before that. I mean, just look at the opt-out movement now. I mean, it's amazing. And basically, um, in response to Governor Cuomo's budget, the president of NYSUIT, I have to read more on it, but, you know, I saw that she was saying that she's saying there should be a mass opt-out you know, to to you know, because if the kids don't take the test, how can we be evaluated against them? You know, but but there are some teachers that they do their time. They're, I'm not saying they're bad teachers because some of these teachers are absolutely amazing. But come three o'clock, that's when it's their time when they take care of their family, do things that they need to do, and they don't have time to do say some of the things that I do. And that's fine. I don't mind being the point person in the school, you know, going to all these things and do writing all these things, et cetera, et cetera. But it, numbers do make a difference, and there needs to be more numbers of teachers, but I absolutely believe it should be more parents. I, I think their voices would be much stronger than ours, ultimately, especially now. I'm going to read this out of the chat room, and then, and then I'm going to offer uh, some, some suggestions uh, via uh, question, Tammy. Um, out of the chat room, it says, great points and discussion, uh, bureaucracy and hypocrisy at its best. Um, and then there's a question, do they ever survey the students? Um, so the first survey I've ever seen um, came this year where, where the students were surveyed, the, the first one that I can remember in seven years. But the the survey wasn't necessarily about the system. The survey wasn't necessarily about the school. The survey was, was, was all about the teachers, but it was worded to a point where uh, if the student hated the, the act or the concept, or the subject, then they blamed it on the teacher. So, so the so the survey was manipulated. And, and here's what I'm here's what I'm talking about. So there was a there there was a question about homework, right? And the question said, um, the amount of homework that my teacher gives me uh, for this class is about right. In a child's mind, 
<laughs> they hate homework, right? They don't understand, especially a sixth grader, <laughs> they don't understand what that question means. Mm-hmm. So, of course, and I don't know if I was supposed to do this or not, but I explained it to them. As a sixth grader, here's how much homework you're supposed to be getting. So the question is asking, are you getting this amount of homework? Because I made the mistake in the first class, and I saw the look on their faces. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, because in their mind, no, he gives us homework, and you're not mm-hmm. supposed to give me homework. That's the way a sixth grader thinks. So the survey, the questions were manipulated so that if the child thinks about, you know, when the child thinks about whatever it is, it doesn't have anything to do with what's right or has anything to uh, to do with the teacher. Is well, I don't like math. So guess what? Mm-hmm. No, nope. I disagree. I disagree. And I'm, you know, and so you're not getting real data. You're getting data that you manipulated. And here's what I think needs to be done. Uh, Tammy, I'm going to start with what you and I are doing in September with the Education Summit. We need to have more, but we need to have them put on by people in the classroom. I don't want to hear about the White House having an Education Summit. There ain't nobody in the White House ever stepped foot in the classroom unless they went there to, to, uh, uh, to see their child or, or to fulfill something, you know, their, their own motives or, or their own agenda. Educators need to put on education summits. They need to have panels. They need to bring people in. They need to bring people in with different perspectives, but they need to have as many people as possible on to talk about what's really happening in the classroom. So I'm going to start there with the summit. The next thing is very simple, what we do all the time, social media. Use social media. Whatever is going on, put it on Facebook. Put it on Twitter. And if you're afraid of getting fired, create an anonymous account. Create an anonymous account. Because by the time they trace it back to you, the work, it's already gone viral. And then what are mm-hmm. they going to do? Oh, we fired them for, for whatever? But that would be my second thing. The next thing is start holding rallies. We we can get out here every time a young black male is is murdered by a white police officer. We can shut down a whole country, lay in the middle of uh, of a busy highway during rush hour. We can we can be packed. We can pack Times Square. Guess what? Let's do the same thing for education. And that can come after you put the word out there. Let's do the same thing. Let's do the same thing. Because, again, you can't get rid of every teacher because there has to be some sort of education on them. You can't get rid of everybody. But it's going to take everybody. I've seen some powerful protests, but... They're usually in, in 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 union states, or they're usually done by the kids. Get the kids to do it. 
there was a Virginia is a right to work state. But last spring, the the students at this one high school in in, in Williamsburg, Virginia, they were so fed up with the principal because of all the things that he kept doing. He kept firing the teachers and kept making all of these changes in school, and finally the kids got sick of it. So the kids all rode the bus to school, and when they got to school, they, they all stood outside and said, we are not going in there, and here's why. You mean to tell me them kids didn't send out text messages and get on social media? Hmm. Those are the types of things that have to happen, because if you inform the public, about what's happening, you there, there there's going to be something. We see it all the time. We just have to get enough momentum behind it. And going back to something that, that, that Mindy said, because I've seen it too, when it comes to the media, they will reject you every single time you try to reach out to them about something, about something that really should be out there. Oh, no, they don't want to talk about it. They won't respond. Or they were responding and saying, oh, sorry, no, not looking for that at this time. Okay. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to blast you. <laughs> I'm going to call you out. You keep saying that you care about education. However, when I reached out to you, what did you say? Put them up there. Because now they have to respond. It seems like the kids... Are, are are more bold than we are. Look at what those kids did up in New Jersey uh, uh, maybe yes. about a month ago. Yes, the New York Student Union. They, they 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 had a student union and they they were they were sick of the superintendent. So they said, you know, we'll can't she don't have to respond. We'll camp out at at her office door until she either meets with us or she resigns. One or the other is gonna happen. And the kids even came on and said, "We know, we know the consequences, but that's how strongly we feel about this. We need some people who are going to feel strongly about what's going on, and stop being so scared. Because as long as you do it, Jimmy Rogers, right that's right. Just, when you said about being scared, we, when you said about being scared, we can no longer be afraid." We just don't have to be willing to go. And I know people will say that's easy to say. If we don't, we're not going to have a choice. We're going to have to be afraid because we're going to lose all control. So I say forget about this anonymous um, pages or whatever. If you be willing to stand up and, first of all, know what you believe in, know what needs to happen, what what you would like to see happen, and be willing to stand up for that. That's what's wrong with this world today. We we want someone, we, we don't know really what we stand for, who we are, and then that has rolled over to our children, and we are dealing with a society of people who are so self-seeking and so self-satisfying and could really give, don't care about their children, really. Because like you said, Ronnie, if they did, the things that they say are so great, the schools that are so great, then why aren't your kids in public school? You see, we have parents who are so, and the majority of society, that are so self-seeking 
Because, yes, you can go to the concert. I just went to one a couple of Fridays ago. And I'm more I'm more in awe, amazed by the number of people that are here and paid the cost to be there. But yet we can't get you to, to bring your kids to a free seminar that will help them do better. We have a problem. Parents need to do better. That, to me, that's where it starts. Totally. Like you and I were talking today, Ryan, you follow an ignorant child home or whatever you want, however you want to describe that child, you're most likely going to find someone at home that is just like that, worse, or not involved. Because kids, are, are, they may not do exactly what you want, but if they have a home, their home, where people have expectations put before them, even if a mom who didn't know anything showed up at that school and said, said to that child or that teacher in front of that child, show some interest in that child's education, even that would make a difference. Because we can't, number one, we can't expect that every child is going to graduate and go to college. Let's find out who they are. Let's meet them where they are. Maybe they're great at fixing cars. Maybe they're great at cutting hair. Maybe they're great at doing long, you know, doing yards, something. But but the system is not broken. It's kind of like the money system. It it is being strategically designed for our children to fail, to put our teachers in fear, and parents are sitting back, living their lives, doing nothing. The majority is doing just that. And these are the same people. I hate to keep bringing religion and church back into it, the same people who are busting the doors down every Sunday at church and thinking that's going to get you in heaven, that that makes you a great parent, that makes you a great person. Absolutely not. So to say that you don't know what's going on as a parent, first off, to, to even for us to be able to think that you guys don't know what's going on, that already puts you in a bad parenting class right there, period. Because if you don't know what's going on and you are sending children to school every day and you don't know what's going on, then you've not made it your business or your priority to know. And so if you're scared to fight, you might as well lay down and die now because look at our kids. We have kids, this young girl who wanted to kill her mom because her mom took her phone. Twelve years old. Mm. What do we do here? What does a teacher do with that? If she will do that to her mom, I know what she'll do to the teacher. <laughs> that that that's true, Tammy. That that what we the the problem is that 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 we live in a bandwagon society. Uh, that and that's just one of the problems, and it's all about what's popular right now, what's hot right now. Because when we saw those black men being killed, the media put so much behind that to the point that we felt compelled to get involved. And that's what we need now with education. That's what we need now with our children. That's what we need now with with the parents in that fact. And 
Uh, Mindy, I'm not sure if you if you heard about this, but here uh, here's the big thing in, in Virginia right now with, with with education. Tammy, I don't know if you heard heard this either. So there's a there's a huge lawsuit in one of our counties here in Northern Virginia. Um, there's a parent out in Loudoun County who wants a Yelp for teachers. So if we if we think it's bad, Mindy. <laughs> This man wants a Yelp for teachers. He said that it's not fair that teachers are public employees, yet they're, uh, our, our information is not public. So basically he's asking for, he wants our evaluation to be public. That's the lawsuit. He said that teachers' evaluation, teachers' ratings should be public. And everyone knows why he's saying that. It's because him and parents like him want to be able to say, well, I don't want my child in that class. I want my child over here. Um, but what do you think about that, Mindy? He wants to he wants a yelp. He wants whatever your administrator says about you uh, in your evaluation, your test scores, he wants, he wants to be able to see all of that, and he wants to be public. What do you think about that? Um, I don't agree with the Yelp. Uh, <laughs> um, you want to raid a restaurant? You want to raid a, a store? Sure, go go on Yelp. But, um, I mean, I understand a parent wanting to know what is going on in the school and wanting to know, you know, who exactly is educating their child. Um, I'm not a parent, but if I was one, I believe I would want to know the same thing. But... The thing with Yelp, you can't trust that. You know, I mean, that has to be something, you know, that's established within your school district, you know, where you can access, you know, the child's information. I mean, there was there was actually a program, you know, that failed where par- parents did have access to, like, specifics of, you know, the child data and everything. And... It didn't work. I mean, it, it was just a big disaster. I, I don't honestly, I don't know all the specifics with it, but it's. I don't know. I mean, once again, it should be something that's worked with the school district, within you know, with the school, with all the schools in the area. Not a Yelp. It's a social media thing. What if one parent just you know the, just happened to not connect with the teacher and it could still be a good teacher and like oh this teacher just you know disrespected me she didn't understand etc cetera, etc cetera, and gave her a bad review and other people see that so basically this teacher is going to get a bad reputation because one parent just didn't you know she just didn't connect with her or him rather it's you know, I mean, like I said, I'm all for transparency all around, but it has to be the proper way. You know, Yelp, uh-uh. <laughs> That's asking for trouble. This is Tammy Rodney. Hey, if, if you're going to Yelp teachers, I think we should Yelp principals. We should Yelp parents. Um, if, and, and, and I'm not saying this for it to be a bad way. However, I'm going back to the parents. A parent knows right off the bat. If he he or she is an involved parent, what kind mm-hmm. of he is? If they're going out and conversating and meeting that teacher, which I think every parent should do. If you're going to send your kids 
anywhere. Because we got some good teachers, we got some bad teachers, we got some good parents, and we have some bad parents. Good students, bad students. But as a parent, and, and I just thank God for, for what he gave me to do. Because as a parent, I was always there. I'm Brandon Gator's mom. I need to schedule a meeting with you. They look at me like, why? For what? Everything's okay. It's the first of the year. Because I need to set the tone with you and with him. I need to know, let you know what I expect of you, what you're going to get from me, and I need Brandon Gator to know what to expect from you and, and let him know what I expect him to give you. That a year never went by without me meeting that teacher. So if you, if you we get at the end of the year, the middle of the year, and we need to yelp, something's already wrong. We've missed the mark at the beginning. So this, again, Ronnie, goes back to what you said. It's all a game, but we're all giving into and we're playing and we're mm-hmm. losing. We're going to lose if he's not already. We're going to lose these kids and we're going to be so out of control until spirit is all we're going to be able to be because we're seducing. We're giving them everything. I say while we're yelping and Facebooking, what are we doing? Because people get so caught up in typing something and posting something, and to them, that's their doing. If I'm, if I'm looking like I'm doing, if I look concerned, then I'm okay because I fix my, my self-seeking soul. While, meanwhile, we're losing our kids. Because I, although these kids are how they are, I blame us. I blame the adults. I blame myself for being, allowing parents to not parent. So if we're going to yell, then let's yell from the superintendent down or from the very top in the political let's yell for everybody <laughs> that is <yell>. true <laughs> but you know what you know what uh sammy and mindy here here was my first thought on on, on this old lawsuit and, and you can just pull it up it's it's a big story right right now in virginia and, and it's probably going to go on for a while but but here's my thought on it Go ahead, go ahead, and anything that you want to make public about my teaching style, my teaching practice, my teacher evaluation, go right ahead because I have nothing to hide, and it, and my door physically always is open because figuratively I have an open door policy as well. Come on in, the door is always open. I don't have anything to hide from anybody. I don't change anything just because somebody walks in my room. I I go on about my day every day the same. So if you want to if you want to see my evaluation, go right ahead. If you want to see the test scores, go right ahead. Because I can tell you if if I can find a way to offer my two cents to that court case. Here's what I here's what I would say to them. Do that, but here's what I want in return. I want to be able to hold parents accountable. Yeah. You can, you, you can see my evaluation. Go right ahead. But I tell you one thing: every time your child has an unexcused absence, we're finding the parent. Every time your child gets in trouble in school, and we're not talking about people just. We're not talking about people picking on this. But every time your child has a serious offense in school, 
like getting into a fight, like touching a girl's behind, any disciplinary action that we have to take on your child because they can't sit down and learn, guess what? Parents going to have to pay money. We're going to hit you right in the pocket. So go right ahead. You can put you can publish mine. You can put mine in the New York Times. You can put it in the Washington Post. You can put it in the Chicago Tribune. Do whatever you want to do with it. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Every time we have an issue with your child, you come. You, you gonna write us a check. Or if your child is a is a repeated offender, you you need to spend a night or two in jail. How about that? Because until you start holding these parents accountable. These kids are going to do whatever they want to do. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something else. else. I, don't lie, I, I don't lie to my students. I don't lie to them. People lie to them all. People lie to these kids all the time. Oh, you're going to have to repeat the grades. No, you're not. And I tell them, no, you're not. You could, get, you could have a zero in every class, and the school is going to put you in the next grade because that's, that's where we are now. Social promotion. And I tell the kids, nobody's going to fail you. But here's where your problem is going to come in at. Because the state test really doesn't mean anything. No, and I do not have a problem telling my kids. I tell them, tell them every year. State, the state test doesn't mean anything. Third grade to eighth grade means absolutely nothing. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to keep you behind. But when you get to high school, mm. that's when it's going to slap you right in the face. Because in high school, you have to get credit in order to graduate. And if you don't pass the state test, now that's where they get you. So what do you do? You have to drop out or graduate much later than where you're expected. Can't live with your mom forever, but now you have no education, you have no skills, all because you fell into the trap. All because somebody told you, hey, you don't really have to do anything, or you found it out early. And that's what you did. So you have a choice to make. You can sit here and continue to goof off, sit here and continue not to get an education, and then remember the same conversation that I'm having with you now. You will remember it six years from now when the when reality is looking you dead in the face. And they can be like, oh, man, Mr. Jordan warned me about it today. But we, we don't. We don't value education in this country. We don't value the well-being of people in our country. It's all about entertainment. It's all about shopping. That's what it comes down to. Or religion. That's what it comes down to. We, and, and then we have a tendency to blame the wrong people all the time. I, I, I'm with you, Tammy. I, when I see children doing things, I don't. I, I'm not mad at them. I'm mad at their parents because somebody had to tell you that that was okay, whether they said it directly or indirectly. Because if they saw you doing it and didn't stop you, it's the same thing. Who told you that was okay? Or, in the school system, we blame the teachers. There was a report that came out uh, maybe about six months ago 
that said last year over 80% of the people talking about education on cable television have never been educated. I'm sorry. Why are you talking about education on national TV then? You're looking at you're looking at some report and you're saying, oh, the schools are failing. You don't know what the schools are doing because you're not there. You're just going off of some report. But again, that data is being manipulated. One of my one of my Uber passengers said they don't like. It. I think they work for a nonprofit or something, or that mom was an educator. I can't remember, but they didn't like the questions on the test. They say, you know what? If you if if you don't if, if you if you grow up in a low income area, or if you grow up in the inner city, and most of the questions have nothing to do with the inner city stuff that you've never seen, how are you gonna do well on that test? If they keep referencing hiking, the forest, the ocean, stuff that you, you, you don't know a whole lot about. If they keep referencing this stuff, how are you going to, how are you going to do well with this? Huh? They keep talking about stuff that you, you have never been exposed to. But again, I think it's all a game. This system is designed to get the information that they want, to keep putting out the negative energy that they want. Children are not failures. They are victims of a failing system that is designed to produce failures. So what do we do, y'all? What do we do? Because, I mean, if they're putting it out, so we're, we're taking it. It's not enough of us. And like you said, Barney, with what you're doing in Virginia this year, um, will we pack the venue as much as we do on, like you said, on Sandalite, Empire? And I'm so amazed. So amazed at the number of people, even our even men. And to me, it, it I don't remember seeing growing up men men having the time or even wanting to engage in some of the things that I see men getting caught up into that. It just wasn't to me back then. It would have been like talking on the phone or watching Lifetime, so to speak. It just Men were different. You just saw them as different. And the things that there was a, it's kind of like being a child and being an adult. Um, there was a level of respect that was just, you just knew. You didn't, you didn't get in grumpy with conversations. You didn't sit around listening to their conversations. Men just were different. They were mean. They stood out. And that's one problem. Our young people have no no connection. Our men have no connection. Our young boys have no connection with men. Because I think about, we had uh, Mr. Sanier on, I guess, last year. And here it is. He's the top. And he says, and this is so true, your head, your bottom is as good as your head. 
So if you have a great, if you have great teachers in most cases, you have a great leader that has set expectations, not just by what they expect, but what they do as well. They're giving teachers that platform to do. They're sticking up for you. They're standing up for you for what's right. And we just got to be honest with you. We don't have people that are willing to stand up for what's right because they're not right. They're not doing right. And so the people who are and who want that, we're gotta, we've got to get together and become the majority. We've got to feed each other. Whereas we're trying to do everything solo. We're trying to do we're trying to be over it or over that rather than coming together and creating one thing that brings numbers because the power is in the numbers. But we look we look very scared trying to do this alone. So for those who are listening, if you're not in Virginia, you can still you can fly out. You can attend. You can try to get if you have connections, try to get coverage for get someone mm-hmm. Film it and, and make a documentary of it and so on. But we have to do something, or we won't even have a reason to get up every day. We really won't be able to go outside without feeling threatened. And it's getting to that. It's getting that way now. This, this school thing is so beyond just schooling. There are teachers that are fearful for their lives to even. I, I would be with some of these kids. You literally have to. Fight your way in and out. How can you teach in that atmosphere? But where are these kids coming from? They're coming from a mom and a dad or a mom or a dad or something. And there is no excuse regardless. If you're a single mom, if you're a single dad, there is no excuse. Because it's, it's been done before. And it can be done now. And it's just time to hold people accountable. If you see a parent who's not doing what he or she should be doing, tell them. Don't go talk about them. Don't do this side conversation. It's just time to be real and be you and be unapologetically you. Stop playing with life. Yeah. Mindy, uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, the paper that you do. Um, every day? Um, every morning, and it's sometimes <laughs> it's all depending. If I'm way too exhausted, I may skip it. But basically, it's um, it's an online paper. It's paper.li. Um, I found the service on Twitter. And basically, you can pull articles that you find online, um, be it Facebook or any online article or even on Twitter, and it pulls those articles. And you can basically edit it so that you can you can put it in an order, like of, you know, what you feel, like, like, like just saying like top stories, and then it gives you other sections. And it's really good because I, I started doing that because – it takes a long time, <laughs> you know, when when there's something, like just saying with education, the topic of the Common Core or the the opt-out movement or special education, any of the topics, you know, sometimes you got to do a Google search or you happen to come across it somewhere else on someone else's feed. It's time-consuming, and I felt that my paper was a good place where, 
you know, people can go to one place and find an article that they would be interested in, and then they would share it out. Um, today, I had my my online paper. The top stories focused on Saturday's rally and the de- you know the the minimal details to the New York State budget. You know, sometimes it's maybe a little bit more on charter. Sometimes it's more, you know, political in relation to education. But I've been doing it since October, and I enjoy doing it. I've I've always been a sharer, and um, so every morning I, you know, regardless of what time I go to sleep, and this is only during the week, I wake up at 4:30 in the morning. And I go through my ritual of the places where I always find articles. And then I put it together. Now, what's also neat about Paper.li is that you can plug in, like, certain people's handles, you know, the ones that put out the most articles. And it, it will automatically pull in articles that they post. And it's the same thing. You can move it around or you can decide maybe that's not the article you want to keep in and you take it out. And um, so I would say two hours every morning, you know, I spend putting it together and then sharing it out on Facebook and on Twitter. And um, I enjoy it and I get a lot of positive feedback. You know, a couple of people, you know, they start their morning with their coffee in my online paper. But... um, it's a great tool, and I've noticed, you know, I, I come across other people here and there and they're with their own topics, be it a technology or sports or, you know, you can you can do a lot of fun things with it. And, um, and also for those that um, have blogs or they write an occasional story, you know, I've, I've told them if they wanted something, you know, that they would like me to share – send it my way. I'll put it in the paper and I share it out and hopefully that'll help the traffic. It'll help that person's story get told. So I find it a, a very effective and useful tool. And yes, I'm up really early in the morning, but it's for a good purpose. Tammy, that, 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 that paper, uh, I usually get tagged every morning uh, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere after 6 o'clock, so that that paper is, is posted uh, faithfully. <laughs> More reliable than your local paper. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that that's another thing that we can do. I mean, uh, and I would love for you to get. I don't. Uh, I would love for you to give that um, address one more time because that's another another thing that we can do is you can start your own paper and you can, you know. Put what you want in there. Terry, you're getting ready to say something. I'm sorry. I was just asking her what, what type of article is it, and I might have missed that, but is it geared towards education and that kind of thing? What type of articles are you usually looking for? It's, it's, all, um, it's all education, but it's a matter of, you know, it's broken down sometimes, like what areas. I mean, like, like I said, if it's you know, if it's about testing or evaluation or if it's about charters, um, I always have something in there one way or another about Cuomo, and it's but it's Cuomo 
in regards to education policies. You know, I'll also throw in other union things like maybe from other states or other, you know, um, things that are going on, say, in Connecticut or New Jersey or in California. But it's all one way or another is all tied into education and what's going on and things that I might have come across and go, I think people need to read this, that this is important. And um, But like I said, I mean, anyone anyone can do it their own way. I mean, someone can pull only blog articles or someone can only do online articles or you don't even have to do the education at all. At all. You can do it, um, you know, let's just saying if it's, you know, how to help parents. So you just pull in all these different kind of resource articles. I mean, there's tons of different things that um, that you can do. Right now I'm trying to look up the exact um, web address, because I know it as paper.li, but for, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, you can just do like a Google search, just do paper.li, and it's like give your audience the content they want to read, and it's very easy to set up. I think it takes maybe about a about 45 minutes or maybe a little longer because you play around different ways how you want it to look and the different fonts and the, um, you know, the little bio, you know, the bio, excuse me, biography of yourself and uh, if you want pictures or anything. And it's really great and it's, it's, and it's, it's free. I mean, there is a pro where you can pay nine ninety nine. Honestly, I'm not sure exactly what the difference is, but the free version is works perfectly with what I'm doing and anybody can do it and you can you can set it up because um, I actually have it set to go out twice a day I only edit the morning I, I when I first started it I would do it in the morning and in the evening but with everything that I was doing it was just way too much so I just let it pull articles naturally and it just you know it's a lot less tweets that go out but Let's just say, you know, the next morning I usually look into what was pulled the evening before. And people can easy, easily access the archive because all the articles get saved. So, I mean, let's just say, some, you know, someone saw an article two days ago, but when they look into it, it's not there. They go into the archive. They see March, uh, March 28th. There's the article. But it's fun. It's good. And people get to you know, have access to to the articles that they need. Okay. What was the article for today on your page? Uh, I, was gonna... um, I, I didn't look to see what was pulled for this evening, but this morning it was mostly um, about the rally that we had in New York City on Saturday and okay. also the budget. Right now I'm opening it now to see... Um, what was pulled this evening because you can also put the order of when it automatically pulls of like which in what order so let's see you know there's there's some more automatically pulled on the rally there's uh, more information about the budget about our unions Um, there's (laughs) it's still all great articles like I said I just don't edit it in the evening Okay. It also pulls videos and pictures that people post on had posted on Twitter. Lindy, how can how can people get in contact with you? 
the the easiest way I would say um, they can either find me on Facebook, Mindy Rozier, or um, on Twitter, the same thing. It's capital M and then I-N-D-Y and then capital R-O-S-I-E-R, you know, all together. You know, I'm very active on both. Um, ever since I started using uh, Twitter, I would say about a year ago, um, I when I first signed up maybe four or five years ago, I really didn't have much to say. I really didn't have much use for it. But I found that with everything that I was going through with my school and being frustrated and angry with what's going on and how the general public had no clue, I found it an effective way to get your message across. And in the process, I've met hundreds and hundreds of great educators And we're all there for each other. You know, we share articles, we share pictures, we help them out when we want something to get across more. And it's, I think last year I had, I don't know, maybe 10 followers, and one of them was my husband. Uh, But now it's, I think I'm close to 1,800. You know, it's it works, you know. But it's a matter of, you know, making sure sometimes the right people hear you. And um, and it's like when I've met people and I've introduced myself and they're like, why is your name familiar? And I'm like, are you on Twitter? And they would be, yeah. And I'm like, well, chances are you came across a tweet or two of mine. Um, I mean, I, I met the New York City Comptroller, Scott Stringer, a couple of months ago, and I just introduced myself. And it was the same thing. I said who I was. He's like, oh, I follow you on Twitter. You're very active. You're very good. Thank you for all you're doing. And it's like, you know, I don't ne- necessarily expect the electeds to know who I am, but, you know, if they do, you know, you're doing something, something right. And also a lot of the opposition groups, and people and organizations, they know who I am, and they don't like me very much, which, which once again tells me I'm doing something right. So, you know, I, I, you said it earlier. I do highly recommend, you know, Twitter and Facebook. I mean, Twitter is basically strictly education and political stuff. You know, Facebook, I'll have a little more fun. I'm entitled to it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, <laughs> but... You'll find articles, pictures, et cetera, and a wonderful, wonderful education community there. I mean, that's how I found you. So <laughs> absolutely, it, 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 it's been great. It's been great. Um, I, I, uh, um, I'm more, uh, I'm more active on Twitter now than, than I was uh, the first couple of years that I that I had my Twitter account. So, uh, and, and I, and I still remember the day. Um, but it kind of took off for me, and that was when I saw something posted about education. And whatever I re- replied, I don't know, it just it, it just exploded from there. So uh, <laughs> yeah. def- definitely grateful for that, and, and, and I've connected with uh, so many great educators like yourself. And, and, um, and I even found out that I, I knew – um, someone that that you knew as well, and so I think that we we have to use those things that are popular, those things that are going on today. We we have to use them to our advantage, 
because whatever we need to do to get the word out about what's really going on in schools, how our kids are being affected, uh, we definitely need to uh, take advantage of that. Uh, Tammy. Yes, yes, yes. I'm gonna yes, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna hand the mic back to you as we uh get closer to going ahead and closing out the show. Well, I just wanna thank both of you first of all. Um I'm not a teacher but I have I've, I've worked in Florida, system, Georgia, North Carolina and I volunteer here in Memphis and uh I see quite a bit um, disturbing. I, I just see many disturbing things on both sides. And so I just want to first thank you all for being um, really, I would say, the minority for the number of people that we have that can that can fight this cause and pull together because, again, it's going to take numbers. I challenge people who are listening, whether it be live to, to the night show or you tune into an archive show, Hold yourself accountable. Hold people accountable. Your sisters, your brothers, your friends, your yourself, of course, your children. Um, my favorite, one of my favorite poems is by Edith, and it talks about being the sermon that people see. Kids mimic what they see. They mimic what we do, um, what they hear from us, and so it's not our children. It's it's us. To whatever capacity us needs to you, whether you are a parent, my son is 26 years old, and I'm still, because I feel like it's my job to be involved, that it does take that village, because I came up in that village. I came up with, with the neighbors being able to discipline me, and my being afraid to eat, it was just as if my parents were always around. So we've lost that because kids have lost that respect for adults, for parents, because we look like them. We do what they do. You see, some of the things I see parents post on Facebook, I'm embarrassed for the kids. So, you know, I just ask you for the, the challenge yourself. Really, really find out what's going on with you. What kind of parent? Are you? What kind of teacher are you? What kind of brother? What kind of sister are you? And be honest with yourself. We have we have just a, we have too much going on in the world. It's too much, and we're we're feeding our kids too much. And in a sense, I believe we're doing that because we don't want the parents to pacify it. But pretty soon, like babies, uh, they soon want to give up the pacifiers, and they want more. So I just thank you all for what you're doing. Um, you know, I'll, I'll share the articles. If, if you don't mind copying me on them as well, I, or I'll go to your page and, and pull them as well, maybe, but I'll start sharing them um you know, because, again, that is a start. What Rodney's doing this year, the education point, that is a start. You know, if, if you guys are listening, share it. Once it's posted out there, share it. Try to attend. We go everywhere else and we do everything else. Let's, let's start supporting the things that matter. 
whether you need to start now putting $20 back here or there to attend, let's support. And no longer be the minority in fighting education and standing up for our children. Because if they keep cutting budgets, they keep taking out programs, where will these kids go? What will they do? We see. We're getting a little bit of that now. So that's all I have, you guys. Thank you, Mindy, for again <laughs> coming on, on the show. We certainly, certainly appreciate it. And if, and if I can be of assistance to you in any way, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you, and thank you again for having me on and hope to be back sometime soon. Yeah, anytime. Absolutely. Anytime. Um, I was going back to priorities and going back to uh, some of the things that we we said early in the show. Um, I hope that no one misunderstands me when I, when I talk about uh, entertainment uh, and things like that in sports because I love both. I, I love to be entertained. I, I love sports also. But my priority, my number one priority is education. And it's not just about the core subject, but it's about the well-being of children. And until education becomes the top priority in this country, we're going to continue to see the same trends that we've seen here recently. I was listening to something on the radio earlier today, and they were talking about how the number of viewers for Empire has increased every single week since that show has started coming on. If we can do that as a nation for a a TV show, then certainly we can do that for our children. We can do that for education. We can start going to parent-teachers conference. We can start making sure that our children are doing their homework and not saying, well, they told me that they didn't have homework. We can start by making them read. Every night We can Attend rallies If you're in North Carolina You can go to Moral Mondays And and I encourage everyone If you haven't heard of Moral Mondays In North Carolina I encourage you to check it out What they are going through in that state What those teachers are going through What those students are going through Is unbelievable And if you read it I'm telling you, it will make you very angry what those legislators have done to education in the state of North Carolina. Going back to something that Mindy said earlier in the show, get involved. Find some kind of way to make your voice heard. And we've given a number of Solutions here tonight Pick one Because as long as we Continue to sit back And allow These things to go on Allow these things to happen Our children are going to continue to suffer 
and we're going to continue to raise up a nation that is going to be ignorant, that is going to be disrespectful, and that is ultimately going to be destroyed because of our decisions. Parents and teachers need to join together. And parents need to find out what's really going on in these schools. We hope we hope you've enjoyed tonight's show. Mindy, we want to thank you once again for coming on with us. I thought you all were out on spring break this week also. Uh <laughs> But do it. But do enjoy it next week. Next week, when, when we're back in school, you'll 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 get a chance to relax. Hopefully, hopefully. But I'm sure there'll always be something. But at least I don't have to wake up at 4:30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. As always, tell Tammy, since we're teachers, we don't we don't go to sleep. We just take naps. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We hope you have a great night and a blessed week. We'll see you next week, same time, same station. Good night, everybody. Good night.
Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.